The Law of Leaky Abstractions by Joel Spolsky from his blog, Joel on Software, 11th of November, 2002. There's a key piece of magic in the engineering of the internet, which you rely on every single day. It happens in the TCP protocol, one of the fundamental building blocks of the internet. TCP is a way to transmit that data that is reliable. By this, I mean, if you send a message over a network using TCP, it will arrive and it won't be garbled or corrupted. We use TCP for many things like fetching web pages and sending email. The reliability of TCP is why every email arrives in letter perfect condition, even if it's just some dumb spam. By comparison, there is another method of transmitting data called IP, which is unreliable. Nobody promises that your data will arrive and it might get messed up before it arrives. If you send a bunch of messages with IP, don't be surprised if only half of them arrive. And some of those are in a different order than the order in which they were sent. And some of them have been replaced by alternate messages, perhaps containing pictures of adorable baby orangutans, or more likely, just a lot of unreadable garbage that looks like spam you get in a foreign language. Here's the magic part. TCP is built on top of IP. In other words, TCP is obliged to somehow send data reliably using only an unreliable tool. To illustrate why this is magic, consider the following morally equivalent, though somewhat ludicrous, scenario from the real world. Imagine that we had a way of sending actors from Broadway to Hollywood that involved putting them in cars and driving them across the country. Some of these cars crashed, killing the poor actors. Sometimes the actors got drunk on the way and shaved their heads or got nasal tattoos, thus becoming too ugly to work in Hollywood. And frequently, the actors arrived in a different order than they had set out, because they all took different routes. Now, imagine a new service called Hollywood Express, which delivered actors to Hollywood, guaranteeing that they would A, arrive, B, in order, and C, in perfect condition. The magic part is that Hollywood Express doesn't have any method of delivering the actors other than the unreliable method of putting them in cars and driving them across the country. Hollywood Express works by checking that each actor arrives in perfect condition and, if he doesn't, calling up the home office and requesting that the actor's identical twin be sent instead. If the actors arrive in the wrong order, Hollywood Express rearranges them. If a large UFO on its way to Area 51 crashes on the highway in Nevada, rendering, rendering it impassable, all the actors that went that way are rerouted via Arizona, and Hollywood Express doesn't even tell the movie directors in California what happened. To them, it just looks like the actors are arriving a little bit more slowly than usual, and they never even hear about the UFO crash. That is approximately the magic of TCP. It is what computer scientists like to call an abstraction, a simplifica simplification of something much more complicated that, it, that is going on under the covers. As it turns out, a lot of computer programming consists of building abstractions. What is a string library? It's a way to pretend that computers can manipulate strings just as easily as they can manipulate numbers. What is a file system? 
It's a way to pretend that a hard drive isn't really a bunch of spinning magnetic platters that can store bits at certain locations, but rather a hierarchical system of folders within folders containing individual files that in turn consists of one or more strings of bytes. Back to TCP. Earlier, for the sake of simplicity, I told a little fib, and some of you have steam coming out of your ears by now because this fib is driving you crazy. I said that TCP guarantees that your message will arrive. It doesn't, actually. If your pet snake has chewed through the network cable leading to your computer and no IP packets can get through, then TCP can't do anything about it and your message doesn't arrive. If you were curt with the system administrators in your company and they punished you by plugging you into an overloaded hub, only some of your IP packets will get through and TCP will work but everything will be really slow. This is what I call a leaky abstraction. TCP attempts to provide a complete abstraction of an underlying unreliable network, but sometimes the network leaks through the abstraction and you feel the things that the abstraction can't quite protect you from. This is but one example of what I've dubbed the law of leaky abstractions. All non-trivial abstractions to some degree are leaky. Abstractions fail, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. There's leakage. Things go wrong. It happens all over the place when you have abstractions. Here are some examples. Something as simple as iterating over a large two-dimensional array can have radically different performance if you do it horizontally rather than vertically, depending on the grain of the wood. One direction may result in vastly more page faults than the other direction, and page faults are slow. Even assembly programmers are supposed to be allowed to pretend that they have a big flat address space, but virtual memory means it's really just an abstraction, which leaks when there's a page fault, and certain memory fetches take way more nanoseconds than other memory fetches. The SQL language is meant to abstract away the procedural steps that are needed to query a database, instead instead allowing you to define merely what you want and let the database figure out the procedural steps to query it. But in some cases, certain SQL queries are thousands of times slower than other logically equivalent queries. A famous example of this is that some SQL servers are dramatically faster if you specify where A equals B and B equals C and A equals C than if you only specify where A equals B and B equals C, even though the result set is the same. You're not supposed to have to care about the procedure, only the specification, but sometimes the abstraction leaks and causes horrible performance and you have to break out the query plan analyzer and study what it did wrong and figure out how to make your query run faster. Even though network libraries like NFS and SMB let you, treat your f- let you treat files on remote machines as if they were local, sometimes the connection becomes very slow or goes down and the file stops acting like it was local. And as a programmer, you have to write code to deal with this. The abstraction of remote file is the same as local file leaks. Here's a concrete example for Unix sysadmins. If you put users' home directories on NFS-mounted drives, one abstraction, and your users create .forward files to forward all their emails somewhere else, 
another abstraction, and the NFS server goes down while new email is arriving, the messages will not be forwarded because the .forward file will not be found. The leak in the abstraction actually caused a few messages to be dropped on the floor. C++ string classes are supposed to let you pretend that strings are first-class data. They try to abstract away the fact that strings are hard and let you act as if they were easy as integers. Almost all C++ string classes overload the plus operator. So you can write S plus open quotes bar close quotes to concatenate. But you know what? No matter how, they, how hard they try, there is no C++ string class on earth that will let you type open quotes foo close quotes plus open quotes bar close quotes because string literals in C++ are always uh, charred asterisks, never strings. The abstraction has sprung a leak that the language doesn't let you plug. Amusingly, the history of the evolution of C++ over time can be described as a history of trying to plug the leaks in the string abstraction. Why couldn't they just add a native string class to the language itself eludes me at the moment. And you can't drive as fast when it's raining, even though your car has windshield wipers and headlights and a roof and a heater, all of which protect you from caring about the fact that it's raining. They abstract away the weather. But lo, you have to worry about hydroplaning or aquaplaning in England. And sometimes the rain is so strong you can't see very far ahead, so you go slower in the rain because the weather can never be completely abstracted away because of the law of leaky abstractions. One reason the law of leaky abstractions is problematic is that it means that abstractions do not really simplify our lives as much as they were meant to. When I'm training someone to be a C++ programmer, it would be nice if I never had to teach them about char asterisks and pointer arithmetic. It would be nice if I could go straight to STL strings, but one day they'll write the code, open quotes, foo, close quotes, plus open quotes, bar, close quotes, and truly bizarre things will happen. And, they, and I'll have to stop and try and teach them all about char pointers anyway. Or one day they'll be trying to call a Windows API function that is documented as having an out LPT string argument, and they won't be able to understand how to call it until they learn about char pointers and pointers and Unicode and wchar underscore t's and the tchar header files and all that stuff that leaks up. In teaching someone about COM programming, it would be nice if I could just teach them how to use the Visual Studio wizards and all the co-generation features. But if anything goes wrong, they won't have the vaguest idea what happened or how to debug it and recover from it. I'm going to have to teach them all about iUnknown and CLS IDs and PROG IDs and, oh, the humanity. In teaching someone about ASP.NET programming, it would be nice if I could just teach them that they can double click on things and then write code that runs on the server when the user clicks on those things. Indeed, ASP.NET abstracts away the difference between writing the HTML code to handle clicking on a hyperlink and the code to handle clicking on a button. Problem. The ASP.NET designers needed to hide the fact that in HTML, there's no way to submit a form from a hyperlink. They do this by generating a few lines of JavaScript and attaching an on-click handler to the hyperlink. The abstraction leaks, though. If the end user has JavaScript disabled, the ASP.NET application doesn't work correctly. 
And if the programmer doesn't understand what ASP.NET was abstracting away, they simply won't have any clue what is wrong. The law of leaky abstractions means that whenever somebody comes up with a whizzy new code generation tool that is supposed to make us all ever so efficient, you hear a lot of people saying, learn how to do it manually first, then use the WYSI tool to save time. Code generation tools which present, pretend to abstract out something, like all abstractions, leak. And the only way to deal with the leaks competently is to learn about how the abstractions work and what they are abstracting. So the abstractions save us time working, but they don't save us time learning. And all this means that, paradoxically, even as we have higher and higher level programming tools with better and better abstractions, becoming a proficient programmer is getting harder and harder. During my first Microsoft internship, I wrote string libraries to run on the Macintosh. A typical assignment, write a version of strcat that returns a pointer to the end of the new string. A few lines of C code. Everything I did was write from K&R, one thin book, one thin book about the C programming language. Today, to work on CityDesk, I need to know Visual Basic, COM, ATL, C++, Inno Setup, Internet Explorer internals, regular expressions, DOM, HTML, CSS, and XML. All high-level tools compared to the old K&R stuff, but I still have to know the K&R stuff, or I'm toast. Ten years ago, we might have imagined that new programming paradigms would have made programming easier by now. Indeed, the abstractions we've created over the years do allow us to deal with new orders of complexity in software development that we didn't have to deal with 10 or 15 years ago, like GUI programming and network programming. And while these, these great tools, like modern OO forms-based languages, let us get a lot of work done incredibly quickly, suddenly, one day, we need to figure out a problem where the abstraction leaked, and it takes two weeks. And when you need to hire a programmer to do mostly VB programming, it's not good enough to hire a VB programmer because they will get completely stuck in tar every time the VB abstraction leaks. The law of leaky abstractions is dragging us down.